Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. I live in Southern California, Los Angeles. This is Baja Norte. If you do not speak Spanish in Los Angeles, you're missing out on a whole lot. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. And for a very limited time, LeVar Burton Reed's listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash LeVar. That's rosettastone.com slash L-E-V-A-R. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Hi, I'm LeVar Burton, and this is LeVar Burton Reads. In every episode, I handpick a different piece of short fiction, and I read it to you. The only thing these stories have in common is that I love them. And I hope you will, too. Today's story, y'all, has the markers of a good haunted house story. It starts off with a realtor running an open house in a property that's been vacant for many years, hoping to lure in clients with a bargain basement price. One of the protagonists in the story is actually a sentient house that uses its powers to manipulate those folks who dare to enter. But as the author, John Wiswell, has noted, well, when he tries to write horror, it oftentimes comes out a little less creepy and ghoulish and more life-affirming. So what we've got is a life-affirming haunted house story today for y'all. Open House on Haunted Hill is the story of a house Haunted by its own loneliness. It was written, as I say, by John Wiswell and published in Diabolical Plots. This story was nominated for a Hugo Award and was awarded the Nebula for Best Short Story of 2020. All right? John is a writer of short stories and fiction criticism, and his work has appeared everywhere in Uncanny Magazine, Nature Magazine, Podcastle, Fireside, Nightmare Magazine, among many other venues. He's also currently working on a novel. I loved reading John's story today, so let's just get to it, shall we? Here we go. If you're ready, let's take a deep breath. Begin. Open House on Haunted Hill by John Wiswell. One thirty three Poisonwood Avenue would be stronger if it was a killer house. There is an estate at 35 Silver Street that annihilated a family back in the 1800s, and its roof has never sprung a leak since. 
In 2007, it still had the power to trap a bickering couple in an endless hedge maze that was physically only 300 square feet. 35 Silver Street is a show-off. 133 Poisonwood only ever had one person ever die under its roof. Back in 1989, Dorotia Blasco had refused hospice and spent two and a half months enjoying the sound of the wind on 133 Poisonwood's shingles. 133 Poisonwood played its heart out for her every day. The house misses 1989. It has spent so much of the time since vacant. Today, it is going to change that. It is on its best behavior as the realtor, Mrs. Weiss, sweeps up. She puts out trays of store-bought cookies and hides scent dispensers while 133 Poisonwood summons a gentle breeze and uses its aura to spook any groundhogs off the property. Both the realtor and the real estate need this open house to work. Stragglers trickle in. They are bored people, more interested in snacks than the restored plumbing. The house straightens its aching floorboards like a human sucking in their belly. Stragglers track mud everywhere. The house would love nothing more than any of them to spend the rest of their lives tracking mud into it. A heavyset man with sagging shoulders lets himself in. He has a bit of brownie smudged against the back of his parakeet green hoodie and doesn't seem aware of it. Mrs. Weiss gives him a little wave while continuing to hold up a ten-minute conversation with an affluent couple. The couple made the mistake of saying they were thinking of thinking of conceiving. And Mrs. Weiss wields statistics about the school district like a cowboy wields a lasso. The couple's shoes likely cost more than a down payment on the house, but from how often they check their phones, they clearly are headed back to their Mercedes. The man with the brownie-stained hoodie prowls through 133 Poisonwood's halls, and it pulls its floorboards so straight that its foundations tremble. The man doesn't look at 133 Poisonwood's floor. He looks at the couple of ripples in the green floral wallpaper with the expression of someone looking at his own armpit. The house feels ashamed of the loose wallpaper. It's vintage painted silk, which Mrs. Weiss says could be a big value add. Now the house ponders if it can haunt its own glue and help strip the wallpaper away to please him. It's especially important since he is spending more time here than anyone has yet without Mrs. Weiss wrangling them. It's like he doesn't feel the vibes other visitors do. Or he doesn't care about them. From his behavior, what he cares about is wallpaper. The natural lighting 
through the windows in the master bedroom and the kitchen. A child stomps in through the front door. Her frizzy hair in three oblong pigtails she probably did herself. A silver keepsake locket clashes with her bright green Incredible Hulk t-shirt. Her elbows are tucked into her chest, hands out like claws, stained with brownie bits. Every step she takes is deliberate and channels all her tiny body weight to be as heavy as possible. If the house had to guess, the girl is probably pretending to be a dinosaur on the hunt. The man in the brownie-stained hoodie glances at her. He asks, Anna, where's your coat? Anna bellows, I hate clothes. Anna apparently hates clothes so much, she immediately grabs the bottom of her Hulk t-shirt and yanks it up over her head. She is careful to keep her locket in place, but chucks the shirt at the man. He grabs for her and she ducks between his arms, bolting past Mrs. Weiss and the affluent couple, pigtails and locket bouncing. In their chase, they leave the front door open. The house knows heating oil is expensive. It summons a spectral breeze to shut it for them. The sound makes Anna pinwheel around, and she points at the door. She says, Daddy, it's ghosts. Daddy says, Anna, we talked about this. There's no such thing as ghosts. You didn't look. You don't have to look for things that aren't there. Anna looks at her locket and huffs. What if it's Mommy's ghost? Daddy closes his eyes for a moment. Please, just put your shirt back on. Anna immediately attacks her own pants. Clothes are for the weak. Put it on or we're leaving, Anna, he says, trying to wrestle clothing onto his daughter. She pushes at him, leaving more brownie residue on his hoodie. As they battle, the affluent couple slips out the front door without closing it. The house closes it for them. Heating oil isn't cheap. The triangular roof means the second floor only has the space for one bedroom. Mrs. Weiss reads the expression on Daddy's face, and she attacks with, The basement is very spacious with generous lighting. It's cool in the summer and toasty in the winter. Anna says, Heights are bad luck anyway. The four-year-old scarcely looks at the bedroom before backing out. She holds the handrail with both hands as she climbs down the stairs on quivering legs. On the third stair, she freezes entirely. Daddy is in the middle of surveying the room and misses Anna quivering in place. Some houses give their residents visions of slaughters or trauma. 133 Poisonwood gives Daddy a swift vision of his daughter's vertigo. He doesn't know it's anyone else's insight and wouldn't believe it, but he's at the stairs in seconds. Anna holds on to his pants leg until she feels safe. All 133 Poisonwood has is a light touch, but it knows 
how to use it. Haunting is an art. The basement is only half underground, so the windows are level with the freshly mowed lawn. Anna spends a moment giggling at the view. Then she whizzes around the basement from the combination furnace and laundry room to a storage closet and to a pair of vacant rooms. They would make a perfect child's bedroom and playroom. Anna goes to the West Room, announcing, You can keep all the ghosts you bust in here. Mrs. Weiss offers, One of these could be a home office. You said you'd telecommute? Google Fiber is coming to the area next year. Daddy says, I want to work from home more. I'm a software engineer. And I host a skeptic podcast. You might have heard of us. The house isn't offended. It doesn't believe in ghosts either. Anna hops back and forth between the two rooms, scrutinizing over and over as though they'll grow. That is a trick the house doesn't have. Daddy says, We could sleep next door to each other. What do you think? Anna says, But I want a big dino room. You're getting to be a big dinosaur. How about the room on the top floor? Anna's bottom lip shoots upward like she's going to run. She clearly won't settle for the room on the top floor, and there's only a master bedroom on the first floor. A tantrum is close, and it could ruin everything. So 133 Poisonwood plays its ace. Every decent haunted house has at least one secret room. Dorot Yablasco used to sew down here when she didn't want to be pestered in a room her family couldn't find. It would be a perfect place for Anna to grow up in. Perhaps she'll learn to sew. With the sound of an affectionate kitten, the door opens. Shock hits the adults who definitely don't remember there being a room there. Anna doesn't care and runs to explore it. We aren't showing that room, Mrs. Weiss says, scrambling to cover for herself. She's panicking, imagining hazards and lawsuits. She doesn't understand. 133 Poisonwood is going to clinch the sale for them. The room runs deep, with an expansive window that hasn't been seen from the outside in over 20 years. A sewing box with a scarlet and royal blue quilted exterior sits next to a rocking chair, and beneath the window is a broad spinning wheel that still smells like hobbies. Many great dresses were supposed to come out of this room. There are a few cracks on the concrete floor, Nothing a loving father can't fill in to perfect his daughter's big dino room. Anna? Daddy calls. Stay near me. Anna ignores the call and runs straight up to the spinning wheel. Her little hands grab onto spokes in the drive wheel and she turns to the door. It's like mommy's. Daddy says, careful, that's not our... Anna yanks the wheel around to show it off to the adults. 
She pulls before the house can resist, and the entire device creaks and wobbles. It topples straight down on top of Anna, throwing her to the floor. Daddy grabs her shoulders and pulls her from between the cracked wheel and treadle. Anna's too distracted bawling to feel her necklace snag the spindle. The thin chain snaps, and the locket slips from her neck and down a crack in the floor. Without intending to, the house sucks the chain down like a strand of spaghetti. The house tries to spit it out. Daddy squeezes Anna to his chest so hard she could pop and keeps repeating, Are you all right? Are you all right? Mrs. Weiss gestures and says, Her hand. Are you all right? Anna says, Let me fix it. She stretches her hands to the broken spinning wheel. One of her hands is bleeding, and she still wants to use them to clean up her mess. She says, Daddy, let go. I'll fix it. Don't make the ghosts sad. That breaks Daddy's concerned trance, and he lifts her under one arm, ignoring the kicking of her feet. He marches for the stairs. No, I warned you, and we're leaving. Daddy, no! No more. Say goodbye. You see, the ghosts aren't saying goodbye. Do you know why? An urge falls over the house to slam the door and trap them all inside. Daddy, Anna, and even Mrs. Weiss force them all to spend eternity in its hidden room where they can make dresses and stay cool in the summer and warm in the winter. It will shelter them from all the hurricanes the world can create. It needs them. The phantom door's hinges and knob tremble as 133 Poisonwood fights itself. In that moment, it knows what makes other homes go evil. The killer houses can't bear to be alone. 133 Poisonwood Avenue would be stronger if it was a killer house, but it isn't one. It leaves its rooms open as Daddy carries his bawling daughter out of the basement, her incoherent sounds resonating through the house's crawl spaces. He carries her up the stairs and out the front door without a backward glance. This time, he remembers close the door. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. And every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. 
In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Because stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Your skin refuses to be defined by age. That's why Agency creates personalized anti-aging formulas that smooth fine lines, lighten dark spots, and improve the appearance of dark circles. Each formula is tailored to you and prescribed by a licensed dermatology provider. Formulas are customized with clinically proven ingredients like tretinoin, which is up to 20 times stronger than retinol. Get your first month free at withagency.com. That's W-I-T-H-A-G-E-N-C-Y.com. $4.95 shipping and handling subject to consultation. Subscription required. Cancel anytime. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Let's get back to our story. One thirty-three Poisonwood leaves the secret room open in the hopes that someone will come back. It squeezes the cracks in its floor closed, popping the locket out without scratching it. Inside is the picture of a woman with a thick nose proud eyes. She would have made an excellent ghost. The house would take a phantom for an inhabitant at this point. The afternoon is sluggish. There are four more visitors, none of whom stay long enough to check the basement for treasure. The hours chug by, and Mrs. Weiss spends most of the time on her phone. With half an hour of daylight left, a red sedan pulls up. The driver lingers outside for two minutes before knocking. It's Daddy. Mrs. Weiss answers and forces a smile. Ulysses, is Anna okay? Daddy says, it was a scratch. Thanks for being understanding before, she says. I'm so sorry about that. I told the team this place was supposed to be empty. He says, Have you seen a locket? Anna wears it everywhere, and it's gone missing. Mrs. Weiss holds the door open for him. We can check around. What does it look like? It has a picture of Anna's mother inside. It's one of the few gifts she still has from her. She was your wife? She was going to be, he says, and looks around the master bedroom with an expression even emptier 
than the space. There was an accident on our apartment's fire escape. She had a fall. Oh, that's terrible. Right now, Anna needs all the comfort she can get. So, if we could find that locket, it'd save our lives. They look around. The man so tired, every step looks heavy. It's amazing he could stagger into a motel bed, let alone go hunting for a locket. The house hasn't seen someone as in need of a home in years. Mrs. Weiss says, I had something like that after my father passed away. Makes her feel like her mother's spirit is still with her. Superstitions aren't comforting to me, he says, fatigue giving way to scorn, as though daring the house's walls to do something. And Anna's mother was an atheist. The house is tempted to give Daddy the shock of his life and toss the locket to him, give him back the image of his lover and proof of its power. But he doesn't need to believe in hauntings, with his slumped shoulders and his clothes stained with his daughter's food and the pieces of their lives he is trying to put together. What he needs is a win. So the house uses what little strength it has to levitate the locket onto the top basement stair. It twists it so the light catches it and shines into the upstairs living room. Daddy finds the precious locket on his own. He bends over it, brushing a thumb over his lover's image. He heaves a sigh through his nose, like he wishes he could fit inside the locket. The house lets him be proud of himself. It will hold on to this memory for the cold years ahead, until it is bulldozed. Daddy stands up without the locket, leaving it behind. The house tries to send him a vision warning that he's forgotten what he came here for. The mental image doesn't change what he's doing. He goes right outside to his sedan where Anna sits, rubbing at her puffy eyes and runny nose. Daddy says, It might be here. Do you want to help me look? The house cannot cry. There is just a little air in its pipes. Anna flops out of the car and trudges into 133 Poisonwood. She spends too long poking around the kitchen, a room she was barely in earlier. Daddy plays an even worse sleuth, deliberately checking around empty hallways that give him a view of when Anna finally checks the basement door. Mommy, she cheers. She sits right down on the stair and hugs the locket to her throat, voice trembling with emotions too big for her body. Mommy came back. Daddy asks, So, you found it. Told you she'd be here. Mommy wanted me to find it. Your mother didn't do that, Anna. She scrunches her nose and mimics his voice to say, You don't know that. Daddy puts a hand over the locket. You found this. 
not anybody else. You don't need ghosts. And he taps her on the temple because you have the best parts of your mother inside you. Anna gazes up at her father with glossy eyes. 133 Poisonwood has never so understood what it wants to do for people as when it watches this parent. It tries to hold on to the vibrations of his voice in its walls. Then, Anna says, Nah, the ghost left it here. She hauls off to the living room, hopping in the late afternoon sunbeams and holding the locket in the light. Reason is defeated for the moment. Daddy doesn't fight her on it. He rests against the wall, against the wallpaper he hates, taking the house for granted. The house plays a tune on its shingles, the same one that calmed Aratya Blasco. In 1989, Daddy calls, Mrs. Weiss, please call me Carol, she says. She's been pretending she wasn't lurking ten feet away this whole time. You're very sweet with Anna. You can just tell some people were born with a knack. Three rooms in the basement? This is a lot of house for the money, isn't it? It's just a family short of a home. 133 Poisonwood would be more charmed by the line if it hadn't heard her say that eight other times today. Daddy says, I like the space this place has for her. There's plenty of room to run. She loves to run. Gonna be a track and field star. I said to myself that this place looks happier when you're in it. Suits you. The house can tell he wants to say he doesn't believe that. He says, What we need is somewhere to start fresh. Mrs. Wise offers him a folio of data on the house and gestures to the basement. Care for another look around? Yeah. Thank you. He takes the folio. While Anna is playing upstairs, can we check how insulated from sound that sewing room is? It's funny, but I thought it might make a good podcast studio. If houses could laugh. He sounds so unguarded and sincere. This tired skeptic doesn't need to know that his podcast room doesn't technically exist. If he finds the blueprints for 133 Poisonwood, he'll shave away what he doesn't understand with Occam's razor. The house doesn't need him to believe in anything but himself and his daughter. It isn't here for the gratitude. It can try to support him as well as he supports Anna. If anything is as patient as a parent, it's a haunting.
the whole idea of the house with a spirit, either having its own spirit or housing the ones of those who have passed, I, I love thinking about. I mean, this is a house that wants someone to live there because that's the house's purpose. And it's engaging in a relationship with this man who doesn't believe in any of this stuff and doesn't. Even at the end, he is convinced he knows how the world works, right? But he doesn't, and neither do we all the time. I believe that energy lives, it may take a different form, right? But it's like, you know, just because we can't see a certain bandwidth of information or hear, you know, a certain bandwidth, it doesn't mean that it's not there, right? On Star Trek, the character I played, Jordy LaForge, he saw all of what we know to be the electromagnetic spectrum. Jordy sees everything from infrared to X-ray. He sees sound, <laughs> this guy, Right? So what he is able to do is see, perceive, know of the existence of things that are outside of the realm of seeing that we normally possess as humans. And our ignorance does not preclude the existence of the mysteries of life, those things that we cannot understand, the things that we fail to have knowledge about, they don't care whether we believe in them or not. Like all truths, they simply are. Our producer on this episode of LeVar Burton Reads is Julia Marie Smith. She's the best in the business, y'all. Our researcher, Lakeisha Lewis. So glad you are aboard, my sister. And we have editing support from Tamika Weatherspoon and Harry Huggins, the new, new kids on the block. Editing and sound design by Casey Holford, the new, new, new kid on the block. My sincere thanks to John Wiswell for allowing me to read his story today. If you enjoyed it, check out his other work and support his Patreon at patreon.com slash Wiswell, W-I-S-W-E-L-L. And hey, if you've got kids in your life, here's a suggestion. Because I often hear from parents looking for new ways to keep their kids entertained and, you know, nurture a love of stories, but without adding screen time. That's the key. And so, to that end, I've partnered with Tony's. Check out Tony's.com for more info on the Tony Box, right? And there's also a LeVar Tony featuring my book, The Rhino Who Swallowed the Storm. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and... Tell a friend, why don't you? Pick your favorite story and send it to them. And hey, you can hear episodes ad-free if you like and also listen to exclusive bonus author interviews on Stitcher Premium. Go to stitcherpremium.com slash LeVar to start your free trial. 
LeVar Burton Reads is a production of Stitcher and LeVar Burton Entertainment. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana and yours truly, LeVar Burton. And I am LeVar Burton. You can find me on Twitter at LeVar Burton and LeVar.Burton on Instagram. LeVarBurton.com is my corner of the interwebs. I'll see you next time, but you don't have to take my word for it. Stitcher. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 